Welcome to Another Way, the podcast of Equal Citizens. I'm Jason Harrow, the Director and Chief Counsel of Equal Citizens. Today, we've got a really great, important conversation about voter ID, something we haven't talked that much about on the podcast. It's with Kathleen Unger, who's the founder of Vote Riders. Vote Riders is a remarkable organization that helps voters in many states not only learn about voter ID, but actually do what they need to obtain an ID so that they can vote in an upcoming election. That includes, as you'll hear in our conversation, driving people to uh, the DMV and Social Security office to obtain necessary documentation or IDs. It includes even paying for birth certificates or Social Security cards or other evidence that people may need to get IDs in some states where there may only be real IDs available or other very difficult forms of IDs to obtain. And Kathleen and I, in this conversation, we talked about a lot of aspects of voter ID where we discussed the need for voter ID in so many states, over 35 states, sometimes even for absentee ballots and how onerous that can be. We discussed specific populations of people that are particularly unlikely to have voter ID. And at the end, we discussed the impact of COVID-19 and coronavirus on voter ID, and then what Vote Riders is doing to impact over a million people this coming election year and help them to either have the confidence to vote with their current ID or obtain the IDs necessary to vote. This is a really important area, and I was really happy to talk to Kathleen. I think it's a really good nitty-gritty conversation about what's going on in, in many states, including essentially all of the swing states. If you want to help them out, by the way, you can go to voteriders.org. Kathleen wasn't lying when she says they have very clear information about voter ID and real ID on that website. So it's a great place to go for all your questions. And also if you want to donate or volunteer. Before we start, you should know you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash equal citizens. And you can find us online at equalcitizens.us. Now, my conversation with Kathleen Unger. Kathleen Really excited to talk with you about this sort of underreported and, and undercovered um, issue of voter ID and what your group is doing to make sure that that people can vote, people have the IDs, people know the laws in the states uh, where they'll need these IDs to vote. So l- let's start by framing the discussion. A lot of people have heard the word voter ID and some people have associated it with certain types of voter restrictions, but you've been doing this for a while. So so tell us sort of how you first heard about voter ID and and what you sort of felt about it and what you decided you needed to do about it. Right. Well, thank you again. My passion has been uh, election protection since, uh, since 2002. So I knew that after the 2010 election that a tsunami of voter ID laws would be headed our way. And I knew that the existing organizations, which are terrific, they focus on advocacy and litigation. And it was and still is an outrage uh, to me that uh, literally tens of millions of of voters are at risk of being deprived of their right to vote on the ground because uh, they don't have an acceptable ID to vote or uh, what we've come to learn is potentially uh, as much an issue that they are so confused uh, by these laws that they won't vote, even though they have a valid ID. So uh, I founded Vote Riders in uh, basically eight years ago, and 
Uh, we're a national nonpartisan nonprofit. And uh, w- what we do is uh, we ensure that American citizens can vote with confidence, knowing they cannot be turned away. And we do that by uh, identifying, educating, and helping citizens to secure their voter ID, assisted by, at this point, nearly 1,700 volunteers, including lawyers. Uh, We work especially with and through partner organizations nationally and in the states and locally, at this point, uh, way over 400 uh, partner organizations. So let's let's start with some numbers. And, and, and I think numbers are helpful to sort of get our heads around the scale of this. So you said in 2010, you saw a tsunami of voter ID laws coming. Um, what, what you, you, you were clearly right. Um, what, what does that mean in terms of numbers? How, how many states currently have laws about voter ID on the books? Um, and uh, what what do those laws sort of typically say? What do they require of voters? There are currently 35 states with voter ID laws. Uh, we expect that number to go up, and we also expect that some of those laws will be uh, made more strict. For instance, there's a, a, a voter photo ID law uh, that is much stricter, stricter that is uh, poised to be uh, passed and enacted any day now in Kentucky. There, of those, a dozen states' laws are strict, meaning that if you don't have the requisite ID, your ballot will not count, period. The remaining states' laws are kind of on the spectrum of difficulty. Uh, in some cases, in some states, you can uh, sign in an affidavit, swear that, you know, you are who you are, and that will enable you to uh, vote on a regular ballot. In some other states, if without the uh, valid ID, you have the right to vote on a provisional ballot. And if the canvassing board determines that the signature on the provisional ballot envelope matches your signature in your voter registration records, uh, that ballot will, will count. Uh, so there, there are a range of states of, of laws that apply in the various states reverting to that, that subject of confusion, which uh, both are on the ground experience and, uh, and reputable studies show that, uh, a good 9% or even more of registered voters are so confused and intimidated by these complicated and onerous voter ID laws that they won't vote even though they have uh, a valid ID. And so this applies really in every state. Every state uh, has, even those without voter ID laws, uh, is filled with uh, confused voters and, importantly, with insufficiently trained poll workers, along with uh, insufficiently trained uh, DMV, uh, uh, you know, employees. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, confusion around this. Here are some examples of, of the kinds of... Yeah, that'd be great. I, 
IDs that, you know, requirements. Let's, let's, Wisconsin is a strict voter ID state. For example, your, your certificate of naturalization is valid only if it were issued within two years before you vote. Also in Wisconsin, a student ID is valid only if it uh, has your name, your photo, your signature, a date of issuance, and, and a date of expiration, which is no more than two years after the date of issuance. Plus, in addition, you need to provide proof of enrollment. Only four out of the 16 University of Wisconsin campuses have um, student IDs that are voter ID compliant in the state. Uh, the strictest uh, voter ID law is in North Dakota, where if you're a North Dakotan living in North Dakota, there are only four types of IDs that are valid. A current uh, North Dakota driver's license, a current North Dakota state ID, a tribal ID from a recognized uh, tribe, and fourthly, uh, on uh, you know a, a verified letterhead uh, signed letter from a recognized you know senior uh, living facility. What does that mean? It means that only that if you are a North Dakotan overseas, only then can you use a U.S. passport or a military card to prove uh, that as as your voter ID. So, <laughs> this this uh, I think those two examples, and of course, uh, a lot of people have heard about. Uh, the fact that, uh, you know, there's some states where, uh, a concealed gun permit is valid, but a student ID is not. Or a, you know, a government employee photo ID is not valid. Putting this in context, there are 40, roughly 40 million voters in the United States who do not have a driver's license. And why is that an important number? It's because uh, a driver's license is by far and away the most common type of ID that voters use to vote. Uh, and of the, you know, 35 and plus states with voter ID laws, there are only two types of IDs that are common to all of them. A current driver's license in your state or a current state ID in your state. So, I mean, th those are some pretty stunning examples of, of really strict ID. So let, let's talk about, though, what your organization, which is gearing up for really massive mobilization, and indeed already in the middle of, of a massive mobilization in terms of helping people. And I want to, in particular, just talk through sort of two kinds of people that, that you can help. So let, let's take the first one. And we can stick with North Dakota, if you wish, or, or a place like Wisconsin. Um, let, let's go to Wisconsin, actually, since it's the, it's the first one you brought up. So, so suppose that, uh, there are people in Wisconsin, perhaps a student that, um, maybe have ID. So they, they have a student ID, 
but they're not sure exactly of what the requirements are for voting in Wisconsin, or perhaps they are um, a, a senior citizen who once drove, but, you know, has an expired um, ID. What what sorts of things are you doing to enable those folks, you know, in Milwaukee or, or anywhere in Wisconsin to sort of know what they need to do to be able to go to the polls and exercise the right to vote? Well, that's that's an excellent question. Thank you so much. And and you brought up uh, two of the key demographics of voters who are disproportionately impacted by these laws, uh, students and young people, uh, older adults who are no longer driving, if they ever did, voters of color, uh, uh, people with disabilities, uh, now at this point, almost one in four uh, Americans has uh, a uh, a disability. Obviously, a lot of uh, of these people are not driving. Uh, voters with low income, and then they're women, because eighty uh, percent of women who marry in Amer in the United States change their names. So, since a number of states require an exact match between the name on your ID and the name in which you're registered to vote. A lot of problems come out of that. So coming back to, uh, for instance, with uh, Wisconsin, uh, our, and you mentioned Milwaukee, our Milwaukee-based Wisconsin Voter ID Coalition coordinator has worked with boat riders for almost five years and uh, is continues to build our, our partner organizations, of which we currently have uh, over 85 throughout the state. So just as she did in 2018, Anita is spearheading the Souls to the Poles canvassing plan in in the Milwaukee area. That entails her her speaking at uh, several dozen churches, training congregants, and working with them to canvass the neighborhoods around each church to ensure uh, voters are registered and have an acceptable ID. And I know we'll get into the subject of the impact of, of uh, COVID-19 uh, as we go along. And so we can talk about the impact on, on these kinds of programs. Um, we, uh, we organize and host uh, voter ID clinics. Uh, and so, uh, for instance, in, in Florida, this entails, uh, you know, you know, uh, setting up so that there are lawyers, there are notaries. We work with the state, which has a mobile unit, uh, so that people who have the documents that they need in order to obtain an ID, uh, they can, uh, right there at our voter ID clinic, uh, uh, get their, their driver's license or their state ID and they're, and they're good to go. Our partner organizations uh, are the ones that that reach out and bring in uh, dozens and dozens of of people who have questions who need help. I mentioned uh, there about the documents that you need in order to obtain a, a voter ID, and something that your audience can probably uh, relate to. Uh, this aligns uh, very much with what's required in order to obtain a real ID. 
So what does that mean? It means proof of citizenship and original or certified copy. Uh, that usually means your birth certificate. Uh, and then if there's been any name change since then, you need an original or certified copy of all of any and all changes of your name. It's, I call it a chain of name trail. So how you got from <laughs> the, the name on your birth certificate to the name that you're using today, you need all of those legal documents. You could, you can need a, uh, uh, you know, a, a proof of your social security number. Usually that means your social security card. And then, uh, again, along the lines of, of real ID, two proofs of residence. So just to kind of briefly walk through what issues all of those can raise with your proof of identity, and we, we come across this uh, frequently, actually, the name that we, by which someone has been known virtually their whole life has, is, is different from the name on their birth certificate. And so uh, the easiest way, frankly, to deal with that situation is to get yourself a court-ordered name change. And so, again, our lawyers and, and uh, who are pro bono uh, are very helpful in that, in that regard. Social Security uh, card. Given uh, what's going on with Real ID, uh, and, and you brought up about what's happening at these government-issuing uh, you know, ID offices like, like the DMV, which are super crowded. Um, that actually is also happening at the Social Security Administration offices um, in in Orlando, where our Florida Voter ID Coalition coordinator is based. She has uh, told uh, all the voters whom we're helping, if they're not in line outside of the Social Security Administration office by 8.30 in the morning, don't bother because they won't be able to get to uh, someone at the and in the office to help them uh, before uh, you know their business closes if they're not there. But at that by that time in the morning, proof of residency. Just if you think of uh, a nuclear family uh, or in any living situation where there's more than one person who is age eighteen and older. Uh, oftentimes, the bills all go to one person. It's in one person's name. So the question for your proof of residency is, how do you prove, if you're not that person who's receiving all these bills, how do you prove that that this is actually, you know, your address? So you can see the, the issues that, that arise with that. So... So I, I don't mean to interrupt, but I, I want to drill down even further in, into a couple of these really naughty issues because, uh, and, and just bring some context, which is it sounds like what you're saying are things that can't really be resolved on the eve of going to vote, right? On, on, on November 2nd, 2020, when, when the election is November 3rd, 2020. So I, I, I guess the challenges here is what do you do with, let, let's take again, keep in our minds that, you know, um, that elderly person who doesn't drive anymore and has only ideas a driver's license that expired five years ago, and it's now March, 
And it's it, you're not going to get a new driver's license, obviously, the day of vote. So what what are the options in terms of you're reaching those people, you're you're helping them and the realistic prospects of going through this process to, as you said, perhaps get a name change, perhaps get a social security card, perhaps get, you know, uh, a chain of, of name change title, perhaps get a utility bill and some sort of verification that it's you there and not your son or daughter or something like that. How, how, do, how does that all really work? How do you manage that at, at Vote Riders to, to, to start that long process now? Well, thank you for bringing up that salient issue. Uh, procrastination, which I think, you know, everyone has, has some level of, of, yes. of, of experience with is not, uh, the friend of, 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 of you, you, that you, you need when you're talking about voter ID. Voter ID is different from, first of all, let me just say to clear up, try to clear up any confusion in this regard. Voter ID is different from and in addition to voter registration, okay? Voter registration is relatively easy. You have a form, you fill it out, it's recorded, done, right? As you just walked through, voter ID is, is very different, and it can take, a, a, you know, a, a long while to obtain the documents that you need, you know, in order to get your voter ID. So our, uh, so we, this is why, um, uh, frankly, uh, vote writers and, uh, our efforts are a 365 effort, as in every day, uh, not just, you know, uh, September before the November election. And that's because we are trying to reach people and we work with them all the time so that they are ready to vote. Uh, so here's some examples of, of what we do. We have created uh, voter ID information, wallet size, business card size cards for all 50 states in English and in Spanish. Uh, for, uh, and uh, so uh, w- they're freely downloadable on our site. We print and ship millions of these cards for free to other 501c3 organizations that have a plan to distribute them. Uh, and these cards, uh, show the highlights of the IDs that are required, includes our, our helpline number and email address so people know where to go to get their questions answered and, and, and to get help. And they, they have actually measurable impact on, on turnout. Uh, our partner, Mifamia Vota, uh, distributed our Texas voter ID information wallet cards as part of their canvassing effort in six majority Latino precincts in Houston for the November 2016 election. And while overall Houston Harris County voter turnout decreased by 1% compared with the 2012 presidential election, turnout in these six precincts increased cumulatively by 92%, uh, almost uh, by an average of almost uh, 9% per precinct. In 2018, turnout in the 13 precincts where Mi Familia Vota, Texas, distributed our voter ID cards increased by an average of 435% compared to 
2014. These cards are uh, great, frankly, because people literally put them in their wallet. Now, when they go into the polling place and they're dealing with a, a misinformed poll worker, they literally have something to hold on to and say, what you know, but it says here that I, that what I have is valid. And, and so it gives, again, people that all-important confidence. We've created a voter ID chatbot, uh, which uh, is uh, all you do is you put in our helpline number, 844-338-8743, and whatever text, and up comes two questions, English or Spanish, and what state. You know, when you complete that, automatically you get a brief explanation of the card that you need, a link to the card uh, for your state, uh, and then uh, how you can um, obtain, uh, you know, personalized service, either continuing in a text version or or, uh, on the phone. And that's available through texting, Facebook Messenger, a website chat. Uh, we uh, a, a terrific program that we have is we, we call uh, direct voter contact partnerships. There are literally thousands of organizations engaged in voter registration, uh, issue advocacy, get out the vote. They do that through canvassing, tabling, phone banking, text banking, and virtually none of them deal with with voter ID. It's complicated. It's it's time consuming. So the, with these partnerships, they add a voter ID question to their script, whatever they're out there doing. We always hope that question will be, do you have a current driver's license in your state? Because it's the one question you can ask that no one will be confused by. And if yeah. you have a current driver's license in your state, chances are likely uh, you're, you're, you're good to go. Uh, so we're constantly doing presentations and trainings and parenthetically our website, votewriters.org, is the single most comprehensive, up-to-date uh, resource of voter ID information in the country. Frankly, it's also singularly the most uh, comprehensive uh, resource for voter ID, for real ID information. Uh, in the country. And then, of course, through paid media, social media, earned media, we're just very uh, aggressive out there. And then assisting voters, of course. So uh, Vote Writers covers the cost if you need it for to obtain the documents that you need. We were talking about earlier about the birth certificate or your marriage license or, you know, any of these documents. Uh, also, we arranged transportation to the ID issuing offices. Clearly, you don't have a current driver's license in your state. How are you supposed to get to and from these offices? So those are just uh, some of the the kinds of the, the, the ways that we, we are going about it, which uh, we are in the midst of expanding, especially on the uh, digital uh, front and phone banking and text banking because of the advent of uh, the uh, coronavirus. So, so I, I, I want to put a pin in the coronavirus and COVID nineteen and come back to it. But I want to follow up about something you said at the end there, which is about cost. 
First of all, really quickly, I mean, do any of these states have IDs that themselves require cost and it or or do all states, I think people often wonder this, do all states at least have to require some option for people putting aside the documentation that they'll need, which I want to get to? Is there at least some option in all 50 states in the District of Columbia for people to obtain the required ID without paying any money? In some states, you have to, uh, you know, sign a sworn affidavit that in essence says you are sufficiently indigent that you cannot afford to pay for it. Uh, but, but essentially in no state should anyone have to pay for a, a, a at least, a, a, you know, either if the state has a specific voter ID or it, it, by default, a state ID, meaning a state non-driver's license ID, uh, no one should have to pay for that. Otherwise, that is definitively a poll tax, which is, of course, is, uh, you know, prevented by the, the yeah. U.S. Constitution. But, but what you're saying is it can often be hard to find that. And, and, and it's not obvious, I assume, for many people. And for many people, they, they may not have the documentation or they not, may not wish to acknowledge or, or, you know, admit that they are uh, indigent or not know what the threshold is. So I imagine that itself is a barrier. But then, as you mentioned, that uh, in terms of this being a poll tax or something like a poll tax, that, that's not the only component here, right? Especially with Real ID, as you mentioned, there's often documents. So for instance, if you need a social security card, if you need a birth certificate, um, if you need um, other um, evidence of your name or your address or your birth date or your social security number, these can often cost money. Now, you said that you are trying to do what you can to uh, cover those costs. I'm curious, like, how scalable is that? Are, are you prepared to help out tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people with what could be, I assume, I don't know, what, it, what is it, 10 bucks a person, 25, 50 a person for some of these documents? So we do cover the cost. And uh, the cost can be, I'm just having... <laughs> frankly, just reviewed the uh, expense reimbursement uh, reports of our coordinators. I can give you some uh, <laughs> up-to-date numbers here. Uh, so uh, I found one as low uh, for an ID as low as 25, and but uh, as much as, what was it, $54.25. Wow. Okay? Right. And so we are covering those costs. And, uh, you know, frankly, from our perspective, because this is our mission, if, if we were faced with a hundred thousand voters who, who need this kind of help, my reaction would be bring it on. Uh, we're looking forward to, we, we, if you want to vote, we at Vote Water, Vote Writers want to make sure that y you can vote, that you're going to be able to vote with confidence. And that takes your having the ID and your feeling confident that you do. Of course, it's that confidence also applies to uh, those who do not need a, a voter ID. So in that case, we don't have to pay for any ID. So. Yeah. But but as you as you mentioned, that that confidence is is really critical. 
Um, it is for, for absolutely and, critical, and, and and just increasingly so. I mean, I just so you just in this conversation here. So uh, that this confusion between voter ID and real ID is is real, and and uh, so uh, we're we're getting calls hourly from people trying to understand what this all means and and uh the short th- we have a whole page on our website devoted to this but uh the short answer is uh to the question do i need a real id to vote uh the the answer is no and then dot 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 however <laughs> Uh, you know, it, so there are, there are 11 states at this point that are issuing only real ID compliant, uh, driver's licenses and state IDs, of which seven are voter ID states. So bottom line, if you, if your license expires or your state ID expires, you have no choice but to get a real ID. And if that's the type of ID that you use to vote in your state, there you go. It's, it's, yeah, you have to go through this. Right, right. It's expensive, difficult, and, and you certainly got to start early. So let's, let's now talk about what's going on now in terms of starting early. Obviously, we, we are now in the midst of an unprecedented national pandemic with coronavirus leading to COVID 19. And the, I, I want to talk about, uh, two aspects of it, which, which are sort of the difficulties, and and then perhaps we can close with with the opportunities, and and also some some uh, closing thoughts. The the difficulties, though, are of course I've seen already that a few states, New Jersey, uh, over the weekend said that their DMV would be closed for a couple of weeks. Who knows how long that will last? If that spreads widely, and if uh, that lasts for a while. Of course, we still have many states that haven't even had their primaries yet. This is a key time right now to get IDs for primaries. Um, and, and then of course, you know, people who have expired IDs need to start early for the November presidential election as well. What, what is the, the, the impact of closing those offices? And, and are there any remedies for people who say, look, I, I tried, right? I, I have an expired ID. I went to the DMV. I, I, you know, they're closed. We're in a pandemic. What, what's their remedy? That's a, that's a, that's a good question. And I think that, frankly, what we at Vote Writers would do would be, again, as I mentioned earlier, uh, we do not engage in advocacy in terms of policy, laws, etc. But uh, we do care. And will advocate for uh, the appropriate implementation of, of voter ID laws. In this case, um, frankly, what I could see doing, and thank you for bringing this up because I'm writing myself a note. I think that we need to make an analysis and perhaps, you know, organize a, a petition campaign to try to convince uh, legislators you know, or to expand the requirements uh, so that that people are not prevented from their fundamental constitutional right to vote. Speaking of, of that, uh, you know, there's also the uh, vote by mail. So voter ID laws apply, you know, in all those states 
when you go to the polls. In many of the states, uh, you still have to have an ID when you're voting by mail. So uh, we will be uh, you know, focusing on that uh, a great deal and working with our partners that are going to be encouraging people to, to, to vote uh, by mail when they can. Interesting. Can, can you can you say a little bit more about that? How, how does voter ID work if you're voting absentee or voting by mail? A lot of states will allow anyone to, uh, uh, you know, vote by mail, but there are many that have strict requirements on who can vote by mail. And then importantly, uh, there are many states that still require an ID be, that an, a copy of your ID be submitted uh, when you uh, want to vote by mail. So upcoming on the 31st of this month are a couple of primaries uh, for Alabama and Arkansas. Both states require, uh, have restrictions on who can vote uh, by mail, and then they also require you to submit the very same kinds of documents uh, or one of the same kinds of documents that you would uh, need to show were you to to uh, go to the polls. Wow. And, and how do you actually submit that? You submit a copy? Uh, yes. You, you, you mail it in with your Wow. So you need to find like a photocopier. Do they take, do they take like phone pictures that you somehow need to print out? I mean, that's, uh, that, that I can imagine that's quite onerous for many people. Exactly. And this is, uh, importantly, uh, you know, with the, with COVID-19, uh, it's something that is going to need now a huge amount of attention, which frankly hasn't you know, uh, receive that kind of focus, uh, previously, but now, uh, there's a, there's a, a, a movement afoot to try to get, uh, the United States Congress, uh, to pass a, a law that would allow, uh, you know, vote by mail, uh, uh, for, for, as an option for, uh, people, voters in all states and DC. So in any event, uh, this is, in this, with this virus, this is something that uh, we're going to be uh, emphasizing hugely and uh, will be, I'm sure, the subject of a lot of of our uh, efforts to assist people as as we go forward. Yeah. Wow. Um, that's uh, that that's pretty remarkable. Um, okay. So I, I think we've covered a lot of ground, but but let's. Let's end, I think, on an optimistic note. You, you all are launching a pretty incredible campaign to try and help a million people get voter ID and be able to vote this election. Um, how's that going? And, and are you optimistic you'll meet it? And, and what impact will that have for the November election? Well, thank you for bringing that up. It's actually uh, we're we're aiming for more than uh, a million new voters who ha- have the ID now will have the ID that they need, the confidence that they do, or the confidence that they do not need an ID to vote. And uh, so it's it is going very well. Uh, uh, we're we're tracking the metrics through all of our 
uh, tools and, and, and services and, uh, with that of, of our partner organizations. Uh, there was, uh, <clears throat> just today, Tuesday, an op-ed that I had, uh, authored it appears in Newsweek. Uh, that's going to help our metrics. And, and, uh, w- we have, uh, a whole underlying, uh, formula for each type of tool and service so that it's, that it, that it's, uh, you know, reasonable in terms of, uh, of being able to, uh, determine really how many people are we, are we reaching with, with this message who are, uh, in turn, you know, obtaining their ID or are, have now overcome their confusion so that they will vote. Um, but we're, you know, with schools and churches and libraries, uh, health centers. Um, so our, our partners are both in the democracy space and in the direct, uh, service provider space. And we've got our coordinators in six of our eight target states. So we're in, in Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Texas, and Wisconsin. Uh, we're hoping to raise the funds uh, to have uh, coordinators in Arizona and Michigan as soon as possible. So uh, it's very exciting. We are, we all of us are just working flat out and looking forward to uh, being of service to to voters and partners alike. Yeah, no, of course. Well, uh, it it was fantastic to talk to you again. You're we can reach you online, votewriters.org. And you know, just just to summarize from my perspective, you know, at, listeners of this podcast will know we talk a lot about sort of the democracy reform movement and HR one and sort of big issues and and voter registration a lot. And Adam has talked a lot about uh, same day registration and automatic voter registration. But as you mentioned, Kathleen, I mean registration only opens the door. Um, and, and actually, in many ways, it's much harder to walk through that door, right? Because the, the door is being blocked by some some really onerous steps with, with voter ID. And so uh, it's great to hear about folks like you that are really filling that space and, and helping people um, not, not only become registered to vote and, and understand how to vote and understand how their vote is counted, but actually go vote, right? And, and go have their votes counted, which, as you said, tens of millions of people lack the IDs necessary to do that. Um, so, okay, let's keep our fingers crossed for more than a million for this November. Um, and, uh, and we'll see what happens. Kathleen, we'll, we'll, uh, hope to keep in touch. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you very, very much for, uh, inviting me to share this, uh, important information with, with your listeners. Really appreciate it, Jason. Thanks. Of course. Thanks, Kathleen.